Hi everyone and welcome back to the Making Milestones podcast. Today I think I'm going to do something a little bit different in that I want to talk about some other kind of non-horsey social issues, at least briefly in this podcast. So just as a heads up to people who do not want to hear that, you don't have to continue watching it, but if you choose to, don't complain about what you hear because this podcast can be for anything, man. But anyways, welcome back. Hope everyone's doing well. Hope everyone is faring well in this gross winter weather. Or if you're somewhere where you have lovely weather, then fuck you. Just kidding. Um, uh, but then I'm jealous of you anyways. Um, so yeah, today I guess we'll start off this just because I wanted to briefly talk about something that has been bothering me that we've been kind of watching unfold in Canada and my thoughts on that. And then we'll go into just talking about how Um, this same type of like dissonance in in thinking style, how it is encouraged in the horse world and created in the horse world by professionals and then perpetuated to youngsters and all sorts of people of all ages in the horse world. So yeah, that's kind of the plan for today's topics. Um, For those of you who might know what I'm getting at if you're Canadian or if you've been watching the news. Um, the first thing I wanted to touch on is the Freedom Convoy, which for those of you who don't know, it's basically like this protest of truckers who are protesting the new mandates that would require unvaccinated truckers to quarantine or be subject to heightened COVID testing protocols if they wish to cross the U.S.-Canadian border. Um, personally for me, like, I think that this entire protest is like an insult to a lot of the really severe real issues we were dealing with here in Canada. Like, for example, this Freedom Convoy got like $7 million worth of donations within a few days. And we have people who are living on indigenous reserves that have been asking for clean water for years and still don't have it. And the fact that amount of revenue is being able to be raised in a matter of days, I think speaks volumes about where people's priorities lie. And as someone who sympathizes with the people who are in marginalized groups and is technically a part of one myself, despite the fact that I'm white passing, I find it so troubling to watch because it's basically just making it abundantly clear how little people care. For example, I have a lot of people on my Facebook, well, not a lot, but I have some people on my Facebook who were not in support of the Black Lives Matter protests and spoke out against the protesters saying that it was disgusting and abhorrent and that, like, peaceful protesting needs to happen, otherwise they shouldn't protest. And then there was numerous numerous comments suggesting that the reasons for protesting behind the Black Lives Matter protests were bullshit reasons and served no real purpose. And then I see these same people blindly supporting the Freedom Convoy despite the fact that like the Black Lives Matter protests, but in some cases, like, worse, because I would say the general demographic of people attending these protests, a lot of them have ulterior motives because it's being frontlined by a lot of white nationalistic groups and other types of political organizations and people who have mindsets that are not healthy. But anyways, that aside, a lot of these people would speak out in, in, like, support of the freedom protests. Um... And I've not seen them yet mention the fact that the freedom protesters, I think it was in Ottawa, they actually like harassed and got all up in the business of workers at a homeless shelter and made it so that the shelter had to close temporarily and could not help the homeless people who need it. And like, if we want to talk freedoms and violation of freedoms, can we not talk about the fact that having shelter and like basic access to needs like water and food aren't freedoms that a lot of Canadians have access to? And they actually were further deprived of that access because of these quote-unquote freedom protests with the Freedom Convoy. And realistically, the part of this protest that pisses me off the most is having read what the new mandates were, 
it just says that unvaccinated truckers would be subject to quarantine protocols, COVID testing protocols, and different protocol than what would be a vaccinated person. And that's not a violation of freedom. That is a natural consequence for someone's choice not to get vaccinated. Like the fact that people are trying to word this as like, oh, we're being forced to be vaccinated. No, you are not. But your choice not to be vaccinated is inconveniencing you in some fairly minor ways in the grand scheme of things. And these people who have never actually tasted what real oppression is like a day in their life think that this is what oppression is. And then they're then using this as a reason to start like bitching about their rights and their their perceived lack of freedoms. And I just want to reiterate that I'm saying this as someone I did not vote for Trudeau. I think he's a dumbass. I don't support Trudeau. I think he's very fraudulent and virtue signaling. And I think he's full of shit. I don't like him. I don't like most politicians. I don't think there's really any politician out there that's entirely void of corruption. So that's my opinion. I don't support him, but the mandate makes sense because first of all, we're talking a national border. Countries are perfectly entitled to having protocol, especially during a national pandemic, that is for the health and safety of the general public. Like this is no different than if someone were to fucking throw a fit over the fact that their horses need a Coggins test to cross the border. Like that, those are the rules. You need to get that done before you cross the border. Asking for people to quarantine or be subject to extra COVID testing protocols when they have made the choice not to be vaccinated is not violating any of their rights and freedoms. They're being given the freedom to choose and make their choice, but there are certain privileges that are then revoked when you make that choice or certain types of inconveniences you might be subject to when you make that choice, but you are allowed to choose not to get vaccinated. And the reason why I wanted to talk about this is because I've seen on numerous occasions, not even just one social platform, not one person, large groups of people where they will compare the whole like vaccine mandate. I use that loosely because it's not mandated. Like you're not being pulled out of your house and forced to get vaccinated. You are just being told, hey, you cannot go to restaurants if you are not fully vaccinated. And right now, during the height of a pandemic, when we are experiencing higher case numbers due to the fact that the virus has like completely morphed into different types of vi like a different type of virus sorry i forgot the fucking um a different what's the word strain okay yeah we're getting different strains of the same virus and it's been more able to develop and mutate into different strains because of the lack of people getting vaccinated and they're like perpetuating a lot of these new strains that are now infecting vaccinated people and yeah, it, it, it's not, you're not, your freedoms aren't being violated. You are allowed to make your choice, but that doesn't mean that you're free from all consequences of that choice. This is the same with any choice that we make in life. Realistically, you can have the freedom to do things, but it doesn't mean that you're free from all consequences. Like technically, I have the freedom to go walk up to whoever the fuck I want and be like, fuck you, you're stupid, I hate you in your face. But that doesn't mean that I'm free from not getting fucking punched in the jaw if I do something stupid like that or having someone call me out or having someone film my conduct and then send it to my mom or someone and be like, your daughter's a bitch. That, like, I, I have the freedom to do that, but it doesn't mean I'm free from consequences of my actions, and this is no different. And the part that's really troubling is the fact that these people think, like, they truly believe their freedom is being so violated that, that it's comparable to, like, segregation. Like, I've heard numerous people use the term segregation. And for those of you who aren't aware, February is Black History Month, so there's no better month to fucking undo ignorant ideals than this month. Because if for a second people even remotely think being asked to quarantine or have extra COVID testing protocol 
is to the degree that segregation and slavery was. It shows how uneducated you are and it's decided ignorance because you're using a comparison that you actually don't know the gravity of to try to further your point while not actually caring enough to become educated on what comparison you're drawing. And I've even also seen people compare the vaccine mandates to the Holocaust as well. And it's like, for fuck's sake, you are literally trying to use people's trauma, generational trauma that it still affects people today and that the the toxic mindsets and dehumanization and horrible trauma and torture that we did to these people, the, the repercussions of that still exist today. There are still constant cases of racism towards black people and injustices and inequalities that exist because of how much we dehumanize them during the slave period. And we see the same with Jewish people as well. Like There are still long-standing issues because of that degree of trauma that these people underwent. And as someone who's not a part of that demographic of people, to try to reclaim what they experienced and what their their ancestors experienced and use it to further your political agenda is extremely fucked up. And even if you come from a background by where, where you had people who were slaves or were in the Holocaust, let's, let's say that you're still for the Freedom Convoy even with that, you did not experience their trauma directly and so you should not be weaponizing that trauma to use in a way that bastardizes and minimizes it so that you can further your political agenda. It doesn't matter if you're related to the people who suffered. You're still using it for the wrong reasons and there is no way, like, even just logically, we, if we compare the numbers of people who have, like, had side effects from the vaccine or god forbid have died from the vaccine or have had minor inconveniences like not being able to cross the border not being able to go to restaurants or even more major ones like if you're a nurse not being able to work if we compare those people and those in the grand scheme of things minor inconveniences to people who were fucking tortured gassed murdered treated like animals and just fucking like forced to like out of their homes away from their family members had to watch people be tortured in the masses in front of them had to watch family members be bought and sold and exchanged like their cattle like how in your right mind can you even fucking think that that is a fair and relevant comparison to draw like it is literally illogical even if you just reference the statistics from an entirely unemotional perspective the statistics related to death injury and lasting mental trauma that then gets passed down to family members they speak for themselves and if you actually look up what happened to these people and learn the degree of what occurred during both the holocaust and the slave trade it is disgusting like what we are taught in school and especially speaking for like americans depending on where you are in the u.s your education varies dramatically what you are taught in school about these things probably is nowhere near the full truth and they're leaving things out either to make themselves feel and sound better or to try to avoid traumatizing children because it is that bad like the amount of people who, like, were, it's in, first of all, it's in the millions of people who were murdered during the Holocaust. And with slaves, the same thing. There's no real accurate number of, on how many people who were dead during the slave trade because no one cared enough about these people to really mark down their deaths. And there's also people who were jumping overboard from ships while they were being kidnapped from their homeland and brought to North America. So there's, like, that many people that would be in the bottom of the ocean somewhere having fallen to their death, trying to escape something that they did not want to be a part of, and their deaths were never tracked. So the amount of people who were dead during both the Holocaust and the slave trade, we can assume that the numbers we have are on the low end of things because, like I said, these people were treated like they were nothing. They were like the dirt under the shoes of those who were in control. No one gave a fuck about 
torturing them and maiming them and having them be distressed and hurt and upset and constant and like just being traumatized and tortured people that were like causing this to happen did not care enough to actually accurately track the statistics and it would be well within their benefit to try to under like under represent it to try to make it sound less bad so if anything there has been more issues caused and more deaths caused by these horrible traumatic historical events than what we are being told and also just like the instances of what we know happened to people regardless of how many people were impacted can we not at least all agree on the fact that like to dehumanize people to the point where you whip beat and enslave them and like sell their children rip their children off of their breasts like as soon as they're born and then sweep them away from moms force black women to breastfeed white children and basically become nanny goats to children that they did not conceive and then not be able to properly care for their own children like we're not even talking like adult humans being abused there were babies that were tortured and killed thrown away used as fucking live bait in some cases people would take black babies and do that like it it's horrible and so many of these people who are at the freedom convoy are the same fucking assholes that'll be like oh yeah i'm pro-life and it's like are you though like first of all you're if you're so pro-life why are you fucking downplaying something that resulted in the deaths of so many so as to compare it to like your minor inconveniences from you not being vaccinated if you're alive and able to drive a fucking car to go to the freedom convoy you have way more freedoms than anyone who was segregated ever did so let's just stop right there because if you can fucking operate a vehicle and go to protest and not get gunned down and murdered or caught and like re-enslaved or fucking told that you're not allowed to coexist with white people if you can go and do that you already have more freedoms than the very people that you're trying to compare to and it just does our history such a disservice to try to bastardize it in the the way that it's being done to try to compare it to like these freedom convoys and it makes me so mad because it's like I've only ever seen the people doing this. They're white people. Like I don't like if there is a small demographic of people who are people of color and have been impacted by these things that are then comparing the freedom convoy to that. They are the minority. The majority of people are extremely disgusted and hurt by this because also like it, it has clearly shown the dissonance. Whereas like p- people who didn't want to like speak out during the Black Lives Matter protests or do anything during that to help support black people and their voices they are now using their voices to speak out of this despite it being like a way less severe welfare infraction and way less severe moral problem because first of all no one's being fucking murdered and secondly like you are allowed to not be vaccinated like you are allowed to choose to be unvaccinated they're not fucking ripping you out of your house strapping you to a gurney and stabbing a needle in you you are allowed to choose not to be vaccinated no one is stopping you from doing that full stop it is a lie to say that you aren't allowed to be vaccinated now if you're a nurse and you want to keep your job go get the vaccine why did you join the medical system if you don't believe in the very concept and like belief system that you are trying to work within you you took on a job as a medical care professional and a healthcare professional but then you're saying you don't believe in basic healthcare protocol get a different job then not it's it's not everyone else's fault that you chose to go to school for something that you clearly didn't believe enough in to actually take the schooling seriously it that's no one's fault that's your fault you chose the wrong job sucks to be you you wasted money on school boohoo too bad lots of people do that like it's just a consequence also you could choose to get vaccinated and the statistics that show from vaccinated people show that the risks of like 
issues from the vaccine are so small and it's like you're literally more at risk fucking operating your car every day driving down to ottawa to go to the fucking freedom convoy you're more at risk of dying from a car accident going there than you are from the vaccine so like i guess just get with reality but like yeah since since this has happened in such a close proximity to the black lives matter protests and all of the like racial protests relating to that and also the water protests for indigenous people that literally just want clean water on their reserves that's all they're fucking asking for the proximity of these protests to those really shows that it's not due to like lack of ability to help it's just that people do not care enough about the racial uh rights of like black and indigenous people to actually help because if you can raise seven million dollars for the freedom convoy within days the money to help indigenous like people with getting their water is there it's just not being allocated where it needs to go and also the drive to like support and advertise and help these people fundraise to get that even if the government wasn't going to help is clearly there if people are willing to put it there and also all of these people who did not want to speak out about the rights of indigenous or black people or during the black lives matter protests are now speaking out and using their voices now so it's not that they didn't want to that the, that they couldn't speak out during the other stuff it's that they did not care enough and yes you're entitled to being apathetic but what you're not entitled to is people just ignoring what that apathy represents because what it represents is that you do not care about the lives of black and indigenous people as much as you do about yourself and your ability to go to restaurants and cro- cross the border and that's the gist of it because realistically like if you were actually worried about like your health and safety from the vaccine and it was just about that there is nothing stopping you from also simultaneously supporting the other stuff that's going on and being like hey like this is a much more pressing issue like i have clean water and i can tolerate not going to a restaurant for a few months and move the fuck on but no they're not using their voices for that so this is my little rant on the freedom convoy and what the mindsets that it's enabling represent and also not even to mention the fact that there's so many hate symbols at the rally that like in ottawa like people were wielding flags and like like flag nazi and confederate flags and other racist symbols and it's like okay like do you not see a problem with the fact that there's a pretty decent chunk of your demographic that is literally white supremacist like does that not concern you is that not something you want to address and also like even if you support the freedom convoys if that is not the demographic that you represent and you think it's abhorrent why are you not fucking publicly speaking out about the fact that it's embarrassing that people are ripping off what is supposed to be your freedom protest to use as an anti like people of color rally basically because I don't see like all the people I've seen posting at the freedom convoy not one not one has shared about the fucking racist connotations that have occurred at the protests and spoken out against it to try to be like hey like just so everyone knows we're not all involved in this and I don't think that they're doing it because they support the racist people necessarily I think they're doing it because they don't want to bring that to light because it makes them look bad and they know it so they prefer to make themselves look better than do what's right and speak out against something that is absolutely not okay um and that's a problem because like most of the black lives matter protests were not in support of people who were looting and damaging property and what you also need to remember is that there is motive for people who do not support the black lives matter protests and do not support the push for equal racial rights that would go there and do those very things simply to make those people look bad 
Um, and the people that are not in support of the freedom protesters, they're, the demographic against that is usually very, very liberal and left-wing, which means they are very anti-racist typically. So I can tell you it's highly unlikely that you're having left-wingers that are leaving their jobs and taking time off work to go pretend to be racist fucks at a protest where they can get photographed wielding racial, racially charged images and have it sent to employers that they could then be fired from. I don't think that's a likely cause, and if anyone tries to make that excuse, I think it's a fucking load of shit. Um, not worth it. Not worth it at all. And, like, it, and again, if they are, that's, like, a minority of it, because, like, very much a lot of the left-wing political platform is about equality and, like, more social programs to support people. And, like, so, yeah, like, I, like, I don't fucking care if you're not gonna get vaccinated, but don't make it your entire fucking personality. And also, if you choose not to get vaccinated, you should do so accepting the consequences of such. Like, the case rates are still going up for the pandemic. The mutations of the virus are closely linked to people not being vaccinated and passing the virus around more readily and thereby allowing it to more easily mutate. The people who are ending up in the ICU in the highest quantities are unvaccinated. All of the statistics show that the vaccines are working and doing their job to protect people from spreading the disease as much and being as in danger from the disease. The, the statistics show that. If they didn't, vaccinated people would be ending up in the ICU just as often as the unvaxxed. And honestly, they should be in there more often because there's a higher population of vaccinated people in Canada right now than there is the unvaxxed. So the fact that there is a disproportionate amount of unvaccinated people in the ICU with COVID shows that vaccines are working because realistically, if they were not, vaccinated people should be in there more than the unvaxxed people because they are a higher portion of the population, meaning that there are more of them to get infected and get so sick that they go in the ICU if the vaccine was not doing its job. So bottom line, that's what the statistics represent. If they change and if I fuck, if people start all fucking dropping dead at high rates from the vaccine and by high rates, I don't mean a fractional percent that is well under 1%. That's not what I mean by high rate. But if it actually starts having high instances of problems, then I can change my tune slightly, but it still wouldn't be such that I would say that like you're being oppressed because you're not allowed to cross the border without getting extra COVID testing or having to quarantine. Like you're still allowed to cross. They're just telling you you have to quarantine and you're subject to different COVID testing protocol. Like, literally, what is your complaint? If that is too much of an inconvenience for you, fucking go get vaccinated. Not hard. Not hard at all. Yeah. Sorry, I needed to get a water after that tangent. But yeah, what this speaks of is that it's just showing us how little a lot of humans in the general population care about other humans. Like, they don't care if indigenous people have disgusting drinking water that they literally cannot safely drink because it's fucking sludge. They don't care that these people are people that we've oppressed and taken advantage of and, like, committed genocide against and continue to abuse by ignoring their requests and not fucking giving them the bare minimum requirements for basic life, which is clean drinking water as one of the main ones. Like, we're, it's just so disrespectful. We're highlighting how little we care about people. Like, also, to like, on an aside from the Freedom Convoy, more people have died each month from overdose on the downtown east side than what we've lost from COVID, and consistently so. Like, I'm pretty sure one month we hit, like, where it was almost double the amount lost from drug overdose. The money going to things like Freedom Convoy could be going to help those types of people get treatment and get the help they need. More mental health care programs, more homeless shelters, more places for people to live and go for basics like food, shelter, warmth, water, all those things. Like, we, we put money into such fucking hateful 
pointless bullshit that realistically at its core is just people bitching and moaning about being minorly inconvenienced over a choice that they made by choice. Like part of being a free person is being able to make choices and see the consequences of them, which you are being allowed to do. And it's just so upsetting to see like the lack of care from other people because there's people that have it like so much worse than you that like have been needing help and requesting help and could have used your voice and could have used you guys going in a convoy and fucking marching for them and instead you're using it for something that you're not even being forced to do like the entire implication of these protests is saying that they're being forced to get the vaccine no you are not where is the force having certain inconveniences because of your decisions isn't force and also what we have to consider is that there's people who are immunocompromised and cannot get vaccinated that also deserve to feel safe and they don't even have the option. So if we want to talk about removal of freedoms, consider those people who are at risk of becoming horribly ill if they get vaccinated because they're immunocompromised, but are also at risk of becoming ill because of the lack of people willing to get vaccinated and the lack of people willing to follow protocol to keep them safe. They deserve the freedom to go around and do basic things, but like you, they're fucking losing it, but without the same choice. And you don't see them fucking bitching and moaning and trying to start a freedom convoy and, like, leaving their jobs and asking for millions of dollars worth of funding. And, like, it's just ridiculous get vaccinated if you have a job that requires it or find a different job like you have choices freedom isn't the freedom to fucking bully other people into bending to your will and potentially endangering themselves or other people just so that you can coexist without any inconvenience that's not freedom if anything what these people are asking for is for other people to give up their freedoms and their safety on their behalf despite the overwhelming evidence showing why you shouldn't do that um and it's ridiculous it's so selfish like you can't, you can't freaking, like, oh, there's so much hypocrisy in all of these views. I can't even believe it, but anyways, I'm gonna move on to horsey topics because I know not everyone likes political stuff, but please, like, I don't, if you're watching this as someone who's, like, a little bit iffy about the vaccines, at the bare minimum, I think we can all agree on the fact that it's absolutely disgusting that, like, so many issues have gotten, like, written off as not being a problem when people are literally dying and being abused and being, like, prisoned at, it disproportionate rates and like literally like like black people are targeted so disproportionately by police and um in the legal system so like and this is again something that you can statistically tangibly prove so if you feel that this is infringing on your rights why don't you consider all the other people that you have over within even the last two years completely ignored when they're trying to fight for the same thing but way worse because it's actually a violation of freedoms and basic rights so Consider those people, please, and also consider the fact that, like, you can choose not to be vaccinated. Like, they're, you're not, you're literally, by definition, not being forced to just because you experience some level of inconvenience. Like, holy cow. Anyways, so we're gonna just leave, uh, we're gonna have a little quick note for the sponsor of this video, a little quick sidebar, and then I'll go back into like kind of horsey things and the same type of mindset. So yeah, just a quick moment for the sponsors. Thank you everyone. And thank you to the sponsor of this podcast, Ana Luisa. 
I would like to thank my sponsor of this podcast, Ana Luisa Jewelers, A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A. That's Ana Luisa. They offer high quality, affordable jewelry, and it is so cute. There are so many great options. I've gotten several pairs of their earrings, and I absolutely love them. Anyways, they're having an amazing Valentine's Day sale that is on now, and I highly recommend checking it out. I've linked a link down in the description of this podcast, and you can go check out their products and shop their Valentine's Day sale that is on now. Thank you again to Ana Luisa Jewelers for sponsoring this video. A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A. You can check out their website by clicking the link down below in this podcast description. And thank you again. I highly recommend checking them out. They're a sustainable company. Okay, anyways, people, so how does this cross over into horse things? Well, I will tell you because... I wanted to bring this up because I've also noticed some crossover between horse people where I will have horse people who are very, very open to scientific opinion and changing their horse opinions, but then there's some level of disconnect in perpetuating that same ideas to, like, the vaccine research and um, virology and all that jazz. Like, they just don't consider science then, and then they start completely disbanding from, like, scientific opinion, finding credible information and all that, and just go completely in some other direction. And I found that quite interesting because it would be people that I had noticed are generally quite receptive to horse information and equine sciences and wanting to learn about that stuff. But then there is like a brick wall when it came to like accepting this stuff about the vaccines. And I think that it can also go vice versa where people might be really, really um, progressive in their scientific views and societal views and be definitely on board with like the vaccine science and all that stuff. But then there is a brick wall to in front of them when it becomes when it comes to their horse views. And I thought this was very interesting because the lack of crossover is like it's a very good example of cognitive dissonance where they will um, allow for certain types of logic to exist in certain areas of life but then want to be closed off to it in others and it is a protective mechanism because it can be hard to criticize your views and kind of like undo old biases or accept what is factually correct especially if you have pressures around you from like your family your trainers your friends all holding a similar type of view and making you feel like you need to hold it too. It makes it even harder to let go of that and accept fact, especially if you constantly have people around you who you generally trust and respect just kind of peddling you bullshit as factual information and expecting you to believe it blindly without question. And generally speaking, these types of people, especially when they're like older than you or have some type of authority power position, like a trainer, a parent, a teacher, and so on, a lot of them will use like making fun of people or making like someone feel small if they don't agree with them and they're not open to being like disproven. So even if like a person who was under the influence of one of these authority figures tries to disprove them using factual evidence, it doesn't matter because these types of people are the types of people who will gaslight you into believing what they believe or basically like not accept any fact that proves them wrong because all they are looking for is a confirmation bias. You could literally tell them the sky is blue, prove it beyond a shadow of doubt, and they would still argue that it's purple. And yeah, so... It's interesting to me because there there is some crossover where like some people will be really accepting of science and logic in certain areas of life and then they completely refuse it in others. And I see this in horse people a lot. And what I've noticed with the horse people that are really closed off to like horse science information is that usually usually at some point in their immediate life or like in recent years, even if the person they've moved on from, usually it's a trainer 
there's someone that they really respect and idolize in their life that they generally kind of have a bit of an abusive relationship with because usually the trainers that develop this type of power do so by making their students feel like really small and stupid a lot of the time and like that they don't know what they're talking about and like constantly correcting them berating them when they do something wrong being really hypercritical when they make mistakes in lessons and then every now and then just giving them a really tasty juicy compliment that feels so amazing because you're used to having so much criticism and harshness 99% of the time so the compliment hits even better and you like literally spend your life searching for those tiny little snippets of compliments even when the person most of the time is not treating you very kindly and with respect and then these trainers manage to develop a pretty good grasp of control over their students through treating them in this way and their trainer their, their students will start to kind of blindly pedal whatever their trainer tells them and they don't really fact check or want to look into differing views because the trainers typically heavily discourage this make the student feel like an absolute idiot for even considering or asking or even for a second considering that someone could have a more educated view than their instructor could. They go out of their way to make someone feel small and stupid for that and just basically make them feel reliant on receiving advice from them and only them. And this gives these types of people a lot of power because then they create like this cult-like following and mindset where people don't ever question them or what they could be doing wrong and then it causes their students to always make excuses for the trainers even in situations where they start to kind of at least get like an inkling that something is going wrong. They'll find ways to make excuses for the trainer to excuse the behavior and justify it in their head to make themselves more comfortable also because they don't want to look at that trainer through a negative lens and and then you have like uh students who are also like too scared to speak out from their trainers like even if they do their own research they'll be way too scared to stand up to their trainer or too scared to leave a certain program because of the backlash they'll be afraid of how the trainer reacts which I think speaks volumes because honestly like a regular part of like having any sort of clientele and offering public services is that clients are free to leave you and it doesn't always need to be some highly personal weird bullshit like people are allowed to move on and find whatever works for them at whatever point in their life or whatever works for their budget and it's just a reality but a lot of trainers get highly offended by students leaving and it becomes like this big feud where you can't tolerate each other even when you see each other at shows or that it's like awkward and there's like a lot of like grudge holding and malice and it's super weird because you see like grown-ass trainers doing this to like their children students um and just holding grudges where they'll go as far as like making fun of students with their current students at shows and stuff and it's so fucking toxic but then it all feeds into this mindset of like allowing kids to feel special when they're criticizing other people with their trainer and being like applauded and supported and treated nicely from their trainer for doing so but then every other time if they ever like criticize their trainer or question their trainer they're not allowed to do that and then it creates this very one-sided mindset and the problem with that is it can be really hard to break free from because it can be really scary and overwhelming to even think for a second of like contradicting your trainer and like telling them you don't agree because you know how poorly they'll react and it can also feel like really suffocating because if you like take the route of believing what your trainer says it subjects you to the opinions of a lot of other people when you're sharing your riding footage and like what your trainer has literally told you to do and then having other people criticize it and even if those people are in the right it doesn't hurt less because like for coming from someone who's been with a trainer like this um not in recent years but um like grew up riding with someone like this 
it, it sucks because you're you're always looking for like their approval and like their confirmation and their praise and that's what you're after so then you can get like a video of like a lesson that you feel proud of based off of what they've said to you but where your horse might be showing clear pain signals or clear signs of stress or clear conflicts behaviors and issues that other people who have become more sensitive can see and point out then it, it's conflicting because you've gotten this approval from the trainer that you've always wanted to get and then you share it and you're proud of it and then other people don't feel the same way and then you're like who do I believe and it becomes this really big internal conflict and it's a lot easier to redirect your anger onto commenters that are online and that you're not close to and that you don't have a personal relationship with because they're an easier target of redirecting your anger you can insult their intelligence without knowing any of their background and just assume that they're idiots and that you're so much more smart and superior and so is your trainer so this is usually the route it takes and then it draws like such a firm line between these two sides and alienates like either side that it makes it really hard for people to be receptive when really it's like honestly the fault of like an adult authority figure teaching kids wrong shit and teaching them really toxic behaviors and normalizing not asking questions not being curious not questioning certain training methods and not trying to communicate with the horse it's all that's all normalized and then for the people who haven't had those toxic mindsets normalized obviously all this stuff will jump out and be immediately obvious when they're watching videos and they'll see clear signs of stress that they can easily point out and be compelled to voice it because it's upsetting for them to watch but then it kind of makes them the adversary of this person who has tucked themselves into like a very um comforting cognitive dissonance that allows them to be closer to their trainer and it avoids conflict with their trainer their barn mates and like the immediate people in their life that are strongly correlated with their horseback riding and their equestrian goals and it instead allows them to redirect that anger to other people on the outside and then go and talk about what happened with their trainer and the other kids around the farm and be in this echo chamber that is just constantly representing the same opinions and the problem with it is that, like, th they haven't, like, done studies on, like, this exact specific toxic trainer-student mindset, but they have done studies on equestrians and um, to basically test, like, how equestrians are desensitized to signs of stress and pain in horses and how chronic stress and pain signs are so normalized that riders learn to tune them out and recognize them as normal behaviors, which then means that riders are highly likely to just write it off as bullshit when someone points out a subtle stress behavior that they see daily and they've grown used to um, as being a problem because it's something that they've grown used to normalizing and been encouraged to normalize by someone that they trust. And then it makes it so that like they are very very defensive and then it also makes people be like oh like you can't post anything online people nitpick everything blah 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 blah, blah. and it's like yes to some extent that happens like some people do nitpick stupid things but from an equine welfare perspective it's not really a bad thing for us to become more critical at reading our horse's behavior and especially when people are having to see someone post like a chronically stressed horse day after day um not clearly having the stress addressed it can be really hard to watch that and never comment and obviously they can unfollow and move on and not say anything but at the same time like 
just from my personal experience, like, if it hadn't been for those people that cared enough to, like, say something and tried to, tried, like, to reach me in different ways and would try to get through to me and try to, like, undo some of the damage my trainer had done to my mindset and my ability to critically think, if it hadn't been for those people, I honestly probably wouldn't have experienced the growth that I have today. So, I'm really thankful for those, for those people and I'm trying to do that more too where I offer information and different ways of thinking for people who might be stuck in a certain pattern or mindset that that's toxic because it doesn't serve you. And when you're in that mindset, you don't realize how much of your behavior and your emotions and what you struggle with are actually directly related to that conflict of like feeling trapped by your trainer or like the weird toxic relationship that is between like a really harsh, um, aggressive style trainer that is really condescending and typically like will pick apart their students in not an overly constructive way it's kind of mean but like if unfortunately in horse sports like meanness and harshness in trainers has been like hailed as like awesome because of people like George Morris popularizing it um and for those of you who don't recall George Morris is actually a pedophile so I don't really think we should be um taking his opinion on anything because he also just treats people like shit like he's made being an asshole to people his entire personality and since he achieved success with horses people liked that and they rewarded him for it and wanted to model it so a lot of trainers started to do the same thing because like from a show perspective like at a clinic like sure it might be more fun for the audience to watch if you're making fun of riders but is it the most productive way to actually have the riders receive your your criticism and have it be constructive no it is not and he did it to the point where it was like cruel because he would go as far as like fat shaming and body shaming people and since he's so prevalent in the or was so prevalent in the community and so respected him doing that normalized it to everyone else and basically showed other trainers like oh yeah like it's totally your business to fat shame your riders and then we see like issues within show barns of riders developing eating disorders and being encouraged to do crash dieting and stuff to lose weight to fulfill these ideals because of trainers like that and the lack of discussion about this toxic trainer student mindset also allows them to do that more and normalizes it and it can make kids feel really alone so I think it's important to point these things out and just like talk about because like your trainer is, like, you're paying them for a service and, like, you shouldn't be paying them to make you constantly feel shitty about yourself and just be mean to you. Like, you can learn a lot more easily and readily through someone who is going to be kinder to you. And, like, some people might be like, oh, I learn best with, like, a harsh direct trainer. And it's like, okay, great. But, like, you can be direct and to the point and um, constructive without, like, actually being mean to someone. And, I think that's something in, in training that's, like, an important thing to do because, like, there's literally no reason why you should ever need to body shame someone to get your point across or to, like, mock them publicly and try to humiliate them in front of your other students to get a point across. And, like, if you have that type of relationship with someone where you can, like, make jokes and have them laugh and it's fine, then great. But a lot of students aren't feeling the same way and they end up feeling really, like, targeted and ashamed by how their trainers behave. And then it basically, like, normalizes bullying to them and then they start bullying other students and being, like, hypercritical and assholey and, like, I don't know, like, I developed such a bad attitude through watching my trainer with her attitude that she took with horses and people and, like, how she handled being criticized or how she handled when a horse pissed her off and stuff. It taught me such a fucking piss-poor means of coping with, like, that frustration and whatnot. 
And it really set me back. It did not help me at all. And it also made me close-minded and not receptive to, like, the opinions of anyone else other than her, which for her is great because it means that I was completely reliant on her opinion and we were paying for her expertise and just, like, only her. And it it also made it less likely that we would go seek outside opinions because she'd made us feel helpless. So for a business perspective, it's good because you can create, like, this cult-like support where you're your um, students always rely on you and can't do anything alone. So then they always need to pay you to help them with shit. And it also means that the trainers never have to really be fully accountable for their own behavior because they just find any way to justify it and normalize it. And if like a kid has a problem with how they criticize them during a lesson and says that it hurts their feelings, then it's like, oh, well, you need to toughen up then. Instead of it being like the literal adult trainer's job to soften their behavior to make it more receptive to that type of student who might need a softer hand. Um, and like the lack of accountability for trainers and the lack of like credentialing that is required of them is a huge problem because it allows these types of people who honestly have like a lot of narcissistic personality traits, it allows them to feel like invincible and feel like they're equally as qualified, if not more than other people who might technically have more qualifications, but might've done less impressive stuff in the show industry and whatnot. And that's really dangerous because it's basically saying like, oh, like you can pretend you know what you're doing and you can literally rewrite scientific information about horses and how they think and behave and how they need to live if you've just like taken care of them the wrong way for long enough that you believe it's the right way. And I think that's a problem. Like, like it, it should never be a position where students are like even being like having access to finding people that are this poorly qualified for their jobs because it should be like horses are so dangerous as is like on a good day when they're going around well, let alone when they're like deprived and in extremely poor management and chronically stressed and taught to mask behaviors. Like horses are dangerous. Like we are allowing people to endanger children and new riders with their lack of experience and lack of knowledge and perpetual ignorance that then gets cycled through people for decades or more or the rest of their life and then taught to new people we're allowing this to happen at a massive rate and there's not really anything to stop people from doing so and that is very concerning and it shouldn't really be beginner students and new riders jobs to like learn enough about horses that they can try to police who they select to the extent of like not even making the mistake of getting in too far before you realize you're being taught incorrect things like there needs to be a mandated organization that controls uh what trainers credentialing are so that they ensure that trainers actually have basic horse knowledges on management and behavior to keep people safe so that they're not perpetuating misinformation or poor welfare practice and we don't have that yet and a lot of the most respected means of certifying yourself as a trainer really don't touch on equine behavior or management or welfare at all at all and that's a problem and it's not the job of students and like amateur riders or junior riders to do it's the job of the trainers and it makes me really sad because then like it impacts the students where they're going to be chronically frustrated and feeling bad about themselves and like not really knowing how to get ahead of with their horse or why certain things are still a problem with their horse because they're never being taught how to properly address this. They're being taught how to mask, they're being taught how to lose their patience on the horse and other people who wrong them or who they feel wrong them and it doesn't provide them with good sets of skills to actually navigate the world and um it's really sad because it's also not their responsibility like there is a responsibility to try to find someone qualified yes but when you're not experienced there should be experienced organizations and boards of certification to help ensure that you can 
easily source someone who has the experience to teach you safely and that isn't the case right now so for those of you who are wondering like how to do that the best organization i would recommend for sourcing trainers be it horse trainers dog trainers or any animal trainer is look through the ii or sorry iaabc database international animal uh, international association of animal behavior consultants is the full name if you look through their database of behavior consultants, those are people who have been tested and credentialed by IAABC, which means that they have to demonstrate proof of knowledge of um, animal behavioral science, learning theory, the have case studies on animals that they've trained, like detailed case studies. Like we're talking like 20 page case studies going into detail on like the behaviors, the reason why behind them, how you address them, and also like thoroughly explaining a number of different um like learning behavior learning theory topics and equine science or like animal behavioral science topics and it's not something you can really bullshit because you wouldn't be able to pass with the 80 percent passing rate um if you were just bullshitting you would have to study it's not somewhat not something that anyone could just pass by fucking like trying to fake their way through it's a very intensive testing pro process and obviously a lot of horse trainers are not credentialed through this organization a lot of them aren't most of them are not but that's a good way to start because even if you can find one in your general vicinity, like even within your province or your state that is, you could ask them if they have any recommendations for qualified trainers in your immediate area and go from there and hopefully get some suggestions for people that are actually qualified to do their jobs. Um, but like, it is very easy to spread misinformation. It is very easy. Like I've literally joked to people that I could put on a lab coat and a stethoscope and film a video where I say I'm a doctor and that the vaccine is killing people. And people would share it without fact checking anything and would believe it because it confirms what they already want to believe. It is a confirmation bias. The same applies to like horse stuff. Like I could fucking make some bullshit statement about why X training gadget is a miracle worker and why it'll improve all of your horses problems and fix this or that and just be like I've competed at the upper levels of the sport and ridden Grand Prix so I know what I'm talking about and people would fucking buy it and endorse it simply because of that like people don't actually care about fact checking and when a lot of people say do your research like their version of research is googling something and then scrolling until they find something that confirms their beliefs and then clicking it and running with that as their entire personality from then on out um, so the important thing to consider is that like actual research is conducted by researchers and in order to be able to do that, they have to jump through a whole lot of hoops and in order to have studies published, they have to jump through a whole lot of hoops and get them peer reviewed and there's an intensive process to do so. So it's not something that just anyone can do. So your best bet if you are like worried about your beliefs or unsure about something is to like actually go to people who are educated on the topic, like um, equine scientists, behaviorists, psychologists even, because there's a lot of crossover even between animals and humans when it comes to learning theory. Um, and then with like the virus stuff, like virologists, epidemiologists, like I have friends who work in the ICU as respiratory therapists who are like exceptionally important during a pandemic that affects the lungs. Um, as you could imagine. So for like where I stand is like I would have to be so far up my own ass. Like I'd have to be so up my own ass as someone with no education on viruses or human health um, and how vaccines work or how this virus is impacting people in the ICU. I would have to be so up my own ass to actually like look someone in the eye that has done all that schooling and has gotten their degree and is practicing their job in the medical field and be like, no, I know more than you. I am smarter. 
I like you'd have to be so self-absorbed and just fucking ignorant as fuck to do that. I'm not willing to do that. It's an insult to my friends who have underwent the education that they have so that they can work and help people during these jobs. I see how stressed they are. I see how the ICU impacts them. I see how tired they are. And if they believe in the vaccine and feel it is safe, they're not making any money from telling me to get it. They don't profit at all. If anything, it just might make their days in the ICU easier. So I'm inclined to believe what they think because they get nothing out of it. So whereas like, honestly, like there, there's a lot of money in anti-vax propaganda because it's also creating such a hard line between um, like different political agendas and creating like such extreme views that it serves the purpose of creating like general unrest and problems within society and there are a lot of people and powerful organizations that would have motive to want to have that happen and would happily push misinformation and pay people to do so and pay large sums of money for people to do so because it's continuing to perpetuate a lot of problematic views and there's also a whole lot of links towards white nationalist views and a lot of these anti-vax protests so there is incentive for people to do that because it is helping them create division and helping promote ignorance and create echo chambers for people who've already decided what they want to believe but just need stuff that they feel confirms it so they'll happily put out all that misinformation because they can profit off of it wildly whereas your everyday like respiratory therapist doctor scientist person who studies viruses science student so on and so forth they're not profiting and there it is overwhelmingly stated by these people that the vaccine is safe and that it's the way to go for limiting spread of disease like they outnumber anyone with who is educated that might say that's not the case like a hundred times over and for the people who are doctors that might say that that's that 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 the vaccines are bad or whatever like there's such a small percentage that I think that people also need to consider what I just said, that there is financial incentive for people to do these things and to perpetuate misinformation. So maybe consider what the motive is for the people who are perpetuating information, even on your side, because speaking from my side, all of the people who are immediately educated that I know personally and trust personally, they do not receive any sort of monetary handout. And I think that speaks for most of the people in the medical sector. I have lots of followers who work as nurses, doctors, veterinarians or who are in the scientific field who have reached out to me on this topic and have reiterated the same thing. Like, there is not really anything to gain in it for them other than spreading information that is factual. So that's something to consider is, like, what does each side have to gain? For me, for example, like, with sharing horse information, people could view that I have monetary gains to be had from doing so, but I provide so many free resources and tell people to learn and fact check on their own and to do their own research and just follow the science that, for real realistically, there's not a whole lot of compelling monetary advantage to me. I could have more if I tried to, like, coin my own method like Clinton Anderson did and make people feel helpless to help themselves without me being immediately involved. And I could make a lot more by not providing so many free resources or doing these podcasts and stuff, which for free, like I don't make money off the podcast other than when I get sponsors, which is very infrequent. Like this is my first 
sponsored podcast um or the one right before this was the first sponsored one with Anna Luisa I've never had sponsors before the only way I can make money off the podcast is by getting people to sponsor it or by getting people to join my patreon channel and realistically it is not that much money so there is not really an incentive for me to put all of the time in that I do to providing the free resources solely for a monetary perspective the reason why I do it is because I believe in the ethics behind it and I want to see the change in the horse world and I want to help people see that change and I want to help people who are in the same situation that I was several years back and that's my main motivation it's not like it's not a selfish motivation it's not for money it's just to push what I believe in and where the science like what the science what where the science is pointing and if by chance the science changes so will my opinion on training and I'll continue to adapt and learn as I have but my motivation is not money and I would also speak for like a lot of people's motivation related to like vaccine health and welfare it's not monetary related they don't really have anything to gain from it there is no reason for them to push a vaccine if it actually really was killing people but it's been given out to millions and millions of people now and like the statistics of like that to support the claims of people saying that it is deadly and dangerous and shouldn't be done they're not there they're not there if that were the case, if it were that dangerous, most of the population would be dead and it would just be like the anti-vaxxers living right now. And if that were the case, you guys would have no one to fight with. And clearly you do because you feel like your freedoms are being ripped away. So if that's the case and the vaccine is just going to kill us all and it's so dangerous, just fucking bide your time and wait for us all to die then because most of us are vaccinated. And if, if it's that dangerous, then 70 to 90% of the population will just die off and you guys can have at her and party about how right you were, but that's not going to happen. So best of luck. And hopefully this helps people reconsider their thoughts, because honestly, even if you are anti-vax, it is inexcusable to support the freedom convoy and be apathetic to all of the other social issues we've been experiencing for years and years or to fucking even for a second think you can compare it to something like slavery and segregation. If you're going to be anti-vax, do so without fucking trying to take on actual social issues that affected millions of people and resulted in way more deaths than the vaccine ever fucking will. Don't use those to perpetuate your opinion. And yeah, it's truly that easy. Just don't, don't piggyback off of problems that do not impact you, never have, and that you don't care enough to actually learn about the gravity of to try to push your political agenda. And if you're going to, like, tell other people to research or talk down to them like they're stupid, you better damn well make sure you can substantiate peer-reviewed evidence on your side that is way more supporting and, like, larger sample sizes than everything else we already have. Otherwise, you're entitled to your opinion. You can't expect other people to agree with you and abide by it. You can't expect other people to believe in it when there is little to no evidence of it. And you can't expect people to put their own health in jeopardy or to do things that might make them uncomfortable just to appease you so that you can go and cross the border freely and unvaccinated or walk into their restaurant freely and unvaccinated and not have any consequence because basically what people are asking for with these protests is that they want other people to make themselves more uncomfortable or put themselves more at risk or put themselves at more risk of like mutating the virus spreading to people who are immunocompromised etc etc they want those people to put themselves in a position that they might not feel safe in just to appease the minority which is not fair um and this isn't and if you if you are like a pro-life person um like i i don't like using pro-life because i don't view it as pro-life to just be pro-fetus but if you claim you are pro-life then 
you should be, if you're going to be unvaccinated, you should be so silently because it's not very pro-life of you to try to coerce and bully people into allowing you to do something that has been linked to spreading the disease more and mutating it more, thereby making it more dangerous to people who are immunocompromised and cannot get vaccinated. So it's not very pro-life of you to perpetuate a pandemic that is killing people and continues to kill people at a high rate, most of which are unvaccinated. So just some food for thought um, and just something to consider if you notice that because of what you've been sharing about the Freedom Convoy that a lot of your friends of color who are in minority groups aren't necessarily too keen on you anymore. Some food for thought. This might be why. Um, and if you have compared this to segregation or slavery, I hope you learn how to shut up and think of a better comparison, because if you need to make up some bullshit comparison that trivializes slavery and, like, the Holocaust, then you clearly know you have no argument and you are willing to completely harm and discredit the struggle of, like, a lot of people just to make yourself feel better, which is fucked up and selfish. And also not very uh, pro-life of you to um, trivialize something that uh, killed a lot of people. So anyways, just some food for thought, guys. And yeah, this is a little bit different of a podcast, but I thought that these topics were important because it's very much related to the transfer of information and people's belief systems. And I think that it's important for people to consider that belief systems can absolutely be biased. And while you're entitled to your own beliefs, it doesn't mean that people should give up like tangible factual information that can be proven and tested and shown in front of them for your belief system. And everyone's entitled to your beliefs. You can believe in things that are not proven. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of spiritual and like religious cultures that believe in things that cannot be tangibly proven and that are just passed down by word of mouth. And you are absolutely entitled to believe in any of those things. But you are not entitled to try to strong arm those viewpoints that are just your beliefs for yourself and try to force the general population to also follow suit despite the fact that it might impact them in a negative manner. Your belief system is yours, but science is the pursuit of factual information, and this is what we need to follow when we're trying to be transparent and fair to both sides. Um, you can't follow, like, unfairness pertaining to, like, completely disproven or unproven information that has little to no merit. We can't lean on that side if we're trying to be fair to the masses. It's not fair. Like, and you can't fully be fair to everyone because if people choose to just not believe in science, obviously they're not going to hold it with any validity, but that doesn't mean that they're correct in doing so. And it doesn't mean that the masses of people that have put all this effort into testing and quantifying things should just throw that all out the window. But anyways, science has merit. The entire point of science is the pursuit of information without bias. Whereas like religion and like personal beliefs and all that jazz those all come with an inherent bias, and that's something that people really need to consider. There are certain things that are inherently biased, and that's something to consider. So anyways, thank you for tuning into this podcast. I really appreciate it. I hope this gave some people some relevant, valid food for thought to consider, even like in the future if you ever have to deal with the types of people that I reference, or even if for yourself and your personal views. Hopefully it helped. Um, I really appreciate everyone tuning in and supporting the podcast. If you're interested in supporting it further, you can join my Patreon channel for as little as a dollar a month to have access to behind the scenes work on like stuff that I'm putting out for my products and like my merch and clothing and bridles and all that jazz behind the scenes stuff of that access to um, eventually 
special podcasts that will only be shared with Patreons and videos and stuff like that, as well as training advice, depending on which tier you choose. So I highly recommend checking that out. It's patreon.com slash S-D-E-Q-U-U-S. And you can subscribe for as little as a dollar. And that just helps me with buying new stuff for the podcast, such as like my new microphone that I'm using now. Hope you guys like it. Um, And eventually a new computer because I need one soon. Um, My computer is dying. Um, So yeah, so it's just kind of just to help with that and just kind of offset the cost of buying stuff for the podcast or my YouTube videos and whatnot, if anyone is interested in that. Also, I wanted to say thank you again to the sponsor of this video, Anna Luisa Jewelers, A-N-A-L-U-I-S-A, Anna Luisa. You can look them up via the link down below in the description of this or just by Googling their name and check out their jewelry and shop their Valentine's Day sale. And I hope that you guys enjoy their stuff and find some good products. I highly recommend them. My mom has so much of their jewelry. She's much more of a jewelry lady than I am. So she wears most of it. I'm more of an earring gal, but she loves them. Very well priced, high quality, and definitely recommend especially since you can shop the sale and get a good deal so anyways thank you everyone for tuning in and i hope that this was an enjoyable podcast for you there will be more soon